This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good afternoon. This is Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture. I'm Juliet Jacobs. Thaipusam this year falls on the 25th of January with throngs of Hindu devotees here in the Klang Valley heading to the Sri Subramaniam Swami Temple Cave in Batu Caves to commemorate the triumph of Lord Murugan and the victory of good over evil. But the limestone cast hill that is Batu Caves is also an outstanding nature monument and of paramount scientific importance for its cave ecosystem and unique animal and plant biodiversity that includes many rare and or endemic organisms. So today on the show, I'm joined by eminent botanist Dr. Ruth Q. She's with the Malaysian Cave and Cast Conservancy. She was also the leader of the Batu Cave Scientific Expedition. Also with us today, Dr. Rose Fateha Muhammad. She's a geologist and she's the president of the Malaysian Cave and Cast Conservancy or MCKC. We're going to talk more about the history and wonders of Batu Caves, but also the threats to the area and why there's an urgent need to secure and permanently protect Batu Caves. Welcome, ladies. How are you today? Oh, we're fine. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me today. So yes, you know, um, I think anyone driving by Batu Caves now will see it, you know, packed with, you know, thousands of devotees heading there. But that area, you know, so significant, so beautiful, so much to learn about it. And that's exactly what we want to do today. But before we start about Batu Caves, maybe uh, Dr. Rose, you want to quickly tell us uh, more about the Malaysian Cave and Cast Conservancy, you know, the work that you do through the organisation? Okay, um, Malaysian Cave and Cast Conservancy is... Um, Non-profit association. We've been in operation since 2015. Okay, so our main objectives is uh, to get the awareness on the cast and caves um, protection mm-hmm. and uh, proper management. Okay, all right. And of course, Batu Caves is a huge space there that, you know, in desperate need of all of this, right? And uh, Dr. Ruth, you have been also involved with MCKC. How did you become involved with the group as well? Oh, um, as a botanist, my field of study is limestone flora. So, of course, Batu Caves is the jewel in the crown for all the limestone hills in Peninsula. So when uh, MCKC started, one of the aims is it's very research-focused. So this, this was an attraction to join a group so that we can have a holistic approach. So with Dr. Ross, with the geology, and then we've got a team of people who do the uh, cave ecosystem the animals, and then uh, I'm interested in the plants. Mm-hmm. So that's how I got pulled in. Okay, all right. And I do know that it was in 2019, right? MCKC led a major scientific expedition, uh, the Batu Cave yeah. Scientific Expedition, as I mentioned earlier, yes. right? Uh, what was it? 64 researchers from 10 organizations, something along those lines? Yes, yes. Yeah, you want to yes. tell us about that, Dr. Ruth? Well, Batu Caves is really quite remarkable because the first expedition was in the 1880s. And uh, so the worry was that over the years, the wonderful things that people have found in those days, because of urbanization and all the surrounding forest has disappeared, that the biodiversity would also be spoiled. Mm -hmm. So the expedition was to go in and see um, what was left. And in fact, it was really quite remarkable by having so many scientists in different fields. In fact, we discovered that it's really... It's still a jewel in the crown. The biodiversity is is extraordinary, even finding new species. Wonderful. So that was very exciting. So, um, 
Yes, our, our, our next uh, wish is that we can get it really permanently protected because it's such a special place. Mm-hmm. And I do want to talk about, you know, some. I want to go dive deeper into why it's such a special place. But maybe, Dr. Ross, you can tell us a little bit about, you know, the history of Batu Caves, right? From a geologist's point of view, you know, what are sort of the geological processes that led to the formation of Batu Caves? You know, how old is the cave system? You want to give us a little bit of history on that? All right. So uh, Kuala Lumpur, basically, and that part of Batu Caves, is underlain by um, the type of rock, which is the limestone, called Kuala Lumpur limestone. Mm-hmm. So the age of this limestone is around 430 million years old. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, the occurrence of the limestone is much bigger than what we see on the surface. So in Salengo, there are only three exposures of the limestone, mm-hmm. which is the Batu Cave, uh, Bukit Takun, and Anak Bukit Takun. So very small areas that mm. is actually exposed on the surface. And on this small area of the surface where you can find various biodiversity that uh, Dr. Ruth just mentioned just now. Okay, okay. So really significant. I mean, yeah. really, really important yes, to, to... Yes, So the nature of the limestone itself, you know, um, it's actually an, what we call as positive uh, topography. And it's, it's like um, a steep-sided hill. Okay. Sort of sort of protected, I mean, not accessible, uh, easily accessible by human at the same time. So that's how the evolution of the species happened, you know, whereas the rest of the area has been uh, populated or developed. Very much so, right? Right, almost yeah. like uh, within, like there's hardly any border. There's hardly any barriers yes. left, isn't it? There's, yeah. n- there's no barrier. In fact, there's even the boundary is not. We don't legally know exactly where it is. Okay, mm. all right, and that is a problem, isn't it? Because that's come to a, a impact, of course, the biodiversity and and the f- life there, basically. Well, yes, there's there's been a lot of encroachment around the bottom, and uh, and a few years ago there was a very devastating fire that burned for three days. Uh, which, you know, because the houses are just built too close to the hill. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And 2016, right, that, that fire happened yeah. and mm-hmm. it completely devastated the whole, I mean, it An was... Enormous area. Yeah. yeah. And and um, just some more things about the, the geological side of things, Dr. Rose. You know, are there any um, fossilised remains or geological features in Batu Caves that kind of provide us an insight into the region's sort of paleontological history? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, actually, in the rock itself, the Kuala Lumpur limestone, there has been reports on the uh, Silurian uh, or the old fossils, 400 million years old. But within the uh, the limestone, the caves, the, the caves in the Batu cave, there are numbers of caves with fossils, younger fossils, what we call as in geological uh, time scale is quaternary. So uh, there are uh, evidences of extinct uh, fauna such as orangutan found in in caves, in Batu caves. So we've been uh, reporting Thing, uh, these uh, findings for a few years already. Okay. Mm. Uh, orangutans in Batu Caves, mm. like, you know, I don't think anybody or yeah. very few people will even think, right, or yeah. even know about that. However, if people do not careful, they may be just, you know, destroy mm. uh, these uh, sediments with the fossils, you know, by building uh, any structures in, in caves. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. this is the issue that's been going on now. Okay. And and then of course, you know, there are some, uh, or, or are there rather, ongoing geological research or other discoveries related to Batu Caves and its surrounding areas that you'd like to tell our listeners about? Uh, 
We have already published some findings on the quaternary fossils, each are around 66 to 33,000 years old. Okay. All right. And uh, we are still doing uh, work in Batu Caves. And what we found so far is only like a small part of it because there are lots of caves that has not been um, surveyed for, for paleontology. During our survey for the expedition, uh, up to 25 caves in Batu Caves. So public knows about Batu Cave, the temple cave, you know, and it's sort of get the news during Taipusam. But actually, there are up to 25 so far okay. caves in the small area of Batu Caves. In that whole complex area that, yes. that has yet to be even <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. discovered. Okay. And Dr. Ruth, you know, for you, what, um, some, what are some rare endemic plant species found within the vicinity of Batu Caves? You know, how do they contribute to the biodiversity of the area? Well, First of all, because uh, Batu Caves is so well collected, among all the limestone hills in, in Malaysia, this has the highest number of species. Mm. And you think it, Batu Caves itself is really a very tiny, small area. So we've got a lot of species packed on oh. there. So um, there are several, well, quite a lot, about a quarter of the species will only grow on limestone. So you won't find them, you know, anywhere else saying the Gombat Valley because mm. there's no limestone there. So they, they have to live on Batu Caves otherwise, uh, or, or on Takun, otherwise there's nowhere else. Okay. And some of them are only known from Batu Caves itself. Okay. So that is, uh, one of them is quite interesting. It actually still grows in the main cave, the temple cave. And if you if you imagine when you go in to the far end, on the right-hand side, there's what we call a scree, where you can see the roof has fallen down. And there's a, and it grows there. And this is where, after Taipusam, people leave their kavadi okay. when, before mm. they go out. Okay. And amazingly, it's still there. So with the limestone hill, if you can protect it with all the conditions, the plants will survive. But the reverse is if you do cause damage there's no way it will recover so particularly things like fossils if you spoil the cave mm -hmm. the fossil is gone there's no way you're ever going to get a fossil back that's lost forever same thing with these plants that will only grow on limestone mm -hmm. if they become extinct they're extinct that's okay. the end okay. so this is why limestone is a particularly fragile um, in environment in fact, it's recognised as one of the ecosystems that's uh, sensitive by the government. So they're supposed to be extra careful in any sort of development of the uh, of the thing. Okay. But um, protection is is really to save it for the future. Okay. And we are going to talk, you know, a lot more about um, you know protecting the area. But in terms of the plant diversity in Batu Caves, right? How does that actually interact with the surrounding ecosystem, including you know the other fauna there, the microorganisms? How does it all work together? Yeah. Well, I mean, plants are the basis of life because all all the animals you 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 have the herbivores that live on the plants, and then the the carnivores that live on the herbivores. So it's it's a food chain. So if you keep the plants, then you'll keep your diversity of animals as well. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, um, on, the, on the fauna side, the important thing is the cave ecosystem, which will only live in the dark and is a highly specialised one. So that one is also very easily damaged. And once it's, you know, people clean the cave because they mm. think caves are dark and dirty, 
Once it's gone, it's gone. So, you know, it needs to think, be holistic and think of protecting the whole lot. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the whole kit and caboodle, basically, right? You can't yeah. just focus on one particular area. Exactly. It's, it's a, a whole, whole ecosystem. It took the words right out of yes. my mouth. Okay. All right. Let's just go for one quick break, ladies. When we come back, uh, I want to talk more about, you know, some of the specific findings uh, from that expedition and, you know, how, you know, we hope that that will uh, spur more protection for the area. I'm speaking today to Dr. Ruth Q. She's a botanist with the Malaysian Cave and yeah. Cast Conservancy. She's also the leader of the Batu Cave Scientific Expedition and Dr. Rose Fatiha Muhammad, a geologist and the president of the Malaysian Cave and Cast Conservancy. We're talking about our beautiful biodiverse Batu Caves and why it must be protected. We'll continue that discussion after this quick break. Keep it here on Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. Welcome back. This is Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture. I'm Juliet Jacobs. It's Taipusam on the 25th of January. So we're doing a special on Batu Caves. You know, as Hindu devotees, of course, uh, head to the Sri Subramaniam Swami Temple in Batu Caves. We also want to commemorate the beauty and the importance of that limestone cast hill that is Batu Caves. It's an outstanding nature monument, paramount scientific importance for its cave ecosystem and unique animal and plant biodiversity. Helping me to, you know, find out more about that and to let everyone know about it is Dr. Ruth Q. She's a botanist with the Malaysian Cave and Cast Conservancy and she's the leader of the Batu Cave Scientific Expedition uh, which I think took place in 2019 uh, 2019. and also with us Dr Rose Fatiha Muhammad she's a geologist and the president of the Malaysian Cave and Cast Conservancy so both of them are helping us understand more so before the break you know we were talking a little bit about the geology a little bit about the plant life and I want to go back to the scientific expedition uh, that you you spearheaded Dr Ruth yeah so again I know the 2016 fire kind of spurred that the need for that research, right? Uh, yes, and, and and the need to get permanent protection for uh, Batu Caves. Yeah. Yes. You want to just share with our listeners some of the findings? Because as I mentioned, it was um, uh, 64 researchers, 10 organizations, right? All, you know, studying various different yeah. things. Any particular findings that were really, you know, really exemplary of why uh, we need to keep this place protected? Well, uh, the, the main thing was that, that we found that the biodiversity is still very high in spite of the, the you know, urbanization, breathing down Batu Cave's neck. Mm. And then the fact that after studying for more than 100 years, you can still find new things. So the new species of plant was a little caladi mm-hmm. that um, has been sitting there all the time, waiting for us to find it. So mm. that was very exciting. And the um, scientific name has the name Batu Caves in it, am I right? That's right, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. So it shows where it comes from. Mm-hmm. And then the other rare plants that were discovered 100 years ago, we were able to find that they're still alive and there's a population and they're, they're breeding okay. Um, so so that was very important to do that. But mm-hmm. I think the, the strength of the expedition was that it, it pulled in people from so such a wide range of fields. I, I work on flowering plants but our colleagues from University of Malaya came in to look at the bryophytes, the little mosses. Mm-hmm. And, and there was a mystery record for Batu Caves that was in the literature, but there was no specimen. And they managed to refind it. Wow. So this sort of thing is very exciting to us scientists. Of course. And then, of course, we can interact with the butterfly people. And that, that's quite interesting. The butterfly people told us that there's a butterfly that's invasive that's beginning to be found at Batu Caves, how is that going to affect the pollination? Because it's quite aggressive and chases away the native ones. So there are all these little projects that can be studied in the long term. Um, And the same thing with the 
the mammals, the, the dusky leaf monkey hasn't been seen for a long time, but it's actually still there. But of course, if you lose the plants, you're going to lose this protected uh, primate. Okay. So the, the uh, interlink between plants and animals and, and the geology, the soil and everything is very, very important. Mm-hmm. So, so I, that, that, I think, was the strength of the expedition. No, definitely. And again, you know, bringing together all those. And Dr. Rose, were you involved with that expedition as well? Definitely. Yeah, you want to tell us? You Actually, know, of- I joined MCKC after, after the invitation <laughs> from Dr. Ruth. <laughs> Dr. Ross discovered... New caves, can you believe it? Wonderful. <laughs> you think Batu Caves is so well known, but actually uh, she and her team managed to yeah, find several new caves. Yeah, okay, mm-hmm. prior to MCKC, uh, my team uh, in University of Malaya already did some work on the paleontology from mm-hmm. caves. So we work in uh, three caves in Batu Caves are the uh, sites, okay? And then uh, after the expedition, during the expedition, we found another uh, paleontology site in wow. Batuki. Okay. And uh, like Dr. Ruth mentioned earlier, um, you know, earlier findings that that can be actually be continued uh, by this uh, expedition. So I found uh, in the storage somewhere in our department a specimen of fossilized uh, honeycomb. Oh, okay, you know, okay. so it was uh, it was discovered in 1970, and uh, I was excited when I uh, found it, and then realized that it came from one of the area that used to be um, a quarry. Okay. So we are still working on it. Okay, and then uh, on top of that, uh, part of my studies is on geomorphology. So I figure out uh, different morphologies uh, of the caves. So if you go to the low-level uh, caves, you'll find that it's different from the middle ones oh. and it's different from the upper ones. So, and the sediments in the caves are also different. So if we find something like more fossils okay, in the caves, then we can actually figure out uh, the longer history of the paleontology found in only one single area. That's crazy. You know? That's right. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So at the, moment, the, at the moment, our age is around 66 to 33,000. I believe the higher level caves will give us more uh, older, uh, older fossils and it gives more, it will stretch the history. Okay. So much, so much unearthed, isn't it? It's oh, yes. It, it's, it's a little like, a, uh, well, I, I call it a living museum. Because it's a place where you can go back and 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 I mean um, now we can use DNA which we couldn't before, so then we have to go back to the original place where our species was collected, so that we're quite sure that when we collect that plant, it's the correct DNA. Now we can analyze the genetic, you know, the molecular makeup of the plant. So it it is there, as as Dr. Ross says, waiting. As we get better techniques, we Mm. can go back and use modern methods to raise our science level a bit higher. Okay. So, well, this is very exciting to scientists. So, hey, to people like me as well. Yeah. That's a a really, (laughs) Batu Case is a really special place, Mm -hmm. a really special place because of its long history. And uh, I mean, for the dark caves, the IMR um, did a, a, a seminal study for the whole of the tropics 
on the cave ecosystem. So the dark cave is is a world site of importance. So that should be really, really protected as well. I mean, everything in Batu Caves should be protected from one point of view or the other. So Okay. And we've been hearing that, right, that, you know, it definitely needs protection. Do you want to also just kind of tell our listeners about, you know, how Oh, I guess, what are the threats, right? What are the threats that Batu Caves faces, you know, whether it's from tourism, whether it's from development? Yeah, you want to explain that to us? Yes, well, I mean, urbanisation is, is something that we, we can't control. And, and this has also had an effect already because it raises the temperatures. So some like the, the epiphytic orchids seem to have disappeared because it's just too hot and for them. Mm. But um, I, I think my, my biggest worry is caves are very fragile. And as yet, we don't have national guidelines for developing caves. So the problem is people like Dr. Ross, you see her when she comes out of a cave you know, covered in um, bat guano and, and you know it's all muddy. People don't like that. They want to go into a cave where there are bright colored lights and then... They pour concrete on the floor, which completely destroys all the geology and the fossils. Uh, because their idea of a cave is very different from our idea of a cave. Or what a cave actually is, for that matter. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So when people talk about developing a cave, if, if you follow Dr. Ross, she's going to take you in the dark with, her, with your headlight. And you're going to, you know, scramble here and scramble there and be shown very unique things you can't see anywhere else. But that's not what most people want. Yeah. So the idea is, you know, you, you have a restaurant with bright lights. And, but then that introduces, and we already know from scientific studies in the, the main cave, that you begin to get pests. So in the temple cave, there's a cockroach population like, like you get in houses. And this is invading the dark cave and, and aggressively, you know, chasing away the, the local one, which is... Uh, Local cockroach is the base of the ecosystem and the whole of the food chain. Right, right. So, you know, if you have a restaurant, you'll not only get cockroaches, you'll then begin to get rats and then, you know. So it's not compatible. So we really need guidelines for how you can develop a cave that it will be utilised for tourism, for like Dr. Ross does all these tours, but it won't be destroyed because once you destroy a cave, there's no way back. It's the end. It's gone. Okay. So uh, it, it's a very special um, geological formation that really needs to be protected. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to also talk about, um, it's so yes, uh, invasive species, and that also goes to plants as well, right? I was reading yes, there's also yes, uh, invasive yes. plant species in the area. Yes. And yeah. also coming to affect the endemic species. And uh, would that also, you know, have the consequence of wiping them out potentially? Eventually, yes. 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 Okay. And, and so, so um, I mean, I, I said if you leave things, they, they will always be there. But actually, with, with invasive species, you do need management. So mm. you do need to in, identify these invasive species and remove them before they begin to, you know, encroach mm. right into the native flora. Okay. So that sort of management is needed. Yeah, definitely. And, yeah. and Dr. Rose, you know, um, how would you say that, you know, human activity, tourism, all of that has impacted the geological features of Batu Caves? Anything else you wanted to add to that? In terms of geology and uh, paleontology, I can say that it's, you know, naturally there are more protected. But I would also like to emphasize of how sensitive caste is. So, you know, by nature, the formation of caste or caves are by dissolution. Mm. And uh, 
we as geologists, we learn about the structures in rocks. So, um, uh, most of these rocks are already like high, heavily fractured. So, any collapse or enlargement of caves happen along these fractures. So, this has not been really um, looked into or really um, observed by those, uh, you know, people building uh, surrounding the karst area. And uh, at the same time, the paleontology, I mean, the fossils are found in, uh, not in the rocks, but mostly in the sediments. Mm-hmm. So these sediments are basically remnants of a bigger, uh, larger volume of sediments that we can find normally on walls, cave walls. Uh, but certain developments, as you, as Dr. Ruth mentioned just now, you know, having concrete, you know, yeah. all over the place would definitely destroy it, and um, everything would be gone underneath their yeah. uh, their construction. Changing the very fabric of uh, yeah. it, isn't yes, it? Yes, yes. Okay, definitely. And there have been, you know, throughout the years, you know, some efforts to put some protection, uh, you know, to, to protect the area, right? But of course, you know, uh, it's not just the scientific community, right? There are many, many different stakeholders, the local community, there's the temple community, there's so many different stakeholders, right? Um, you want to just tell us a little bit about the history of um, how or some of the efforts that have been put in place to try and protect the area. And uh, I guess, you know, what w- what is the status now and what you would actually advocate for? Well, the, the big uh, campaign was in, in the 70s when, uh, because there was still mining there. Yes, that's right. Mm. So, um, and that, that provoked a lot of uh, worry with the public. And it was the public who, who pressured to get uh, the, the mining stopped. Uh, because it's, it's, mining also has this dust problem, and that was a big problem for the people yes, who lived in Battle mm-hmm. Cave. So it was very much impacting them. So after that, a big group of NGOs got together to to try to stop the mining and get it protected. So the mining was stopped, but there was no protection after that. So uh, I think the status now, Dr. Ross, it's state land, isn't it? It's state land. And then uh, there's one or two geosites, which are very tiny little bits, but... Battle Caves is holistic. holistic it's a whole yeah. part. You mm-hmm. can't save one bit and let the rest do what it wants. Mm-hmm. There has to be an overall plan, a management mm-hmm. plan. And, and this has never, although various groups have been advocating it, um, it's sort of got stuck somewhere. Yeah. Okay. Um, Departments of Minerals and Geoscience has come up with uh, proper guidelines for development around caste, but there seems to be no implementation. Okay, all right. So there, there is, I mean, it's not. It can't even be a UNESCO uh, heritage site either because of the developments surrounding it. Am I correct, Dr. Ruth? Oh uh, yes, that's that's correct. The the apartments were were built too high and too close. Okay. But uh, that doesn't stop us having an, a national protection, like mm-hmm. state park or something like that. Okay. So there are things that can definitely be done. Uh, it just needs. I guess the right um, the right sort of decision made to do it, or the the willpower, the political the political will to see it I done. Think, yes, yes. Okay, all right. And you would advocate, and so for the both of you, you would advocate, I guess, for a, a state park. Would that be the best solution you think, given the circumstances? Uh, the, the state park gives the best legislation. The the problem with the Jew Park is that, as I understand it. Um, 
you you can gazette at Dew Park, but there's no legislation for enforcement. I see. So this is this is the the big problem because to protect an area, enforcement is is of primary importance. Okay. Yeah. And for you, Dr. Rose, what would you? The Dew Park concept. Uh, I applaud the Dew Park concept in terms of involving the local community to be involved. Mm -hmm. So they they actually create a sense of belonging to this local community and they are the key players in protecting the site. Yeah. yeah. And I do understand after the 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 research uh the the sorry the findings of the research you know from the expedition were released like you had um outreach programs with the communities and they were very interested to learn all about it, oh, right? Yes. I mean you I mean just have a look Battle Caves is is actually in an urban area all the schools mm. around it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you you can use it as a place to learn about birds and butterflies and then uh, there's the climbing wall and the caving and all the recreational activities. So there are so many things where you could positively use the different aspects of, of Batu Caves. Mm-hmm. And so many unfound things yet, yeah. the things that oh, haven't yes, been discussed. Yes, yeah, yes. we reach out to the young ones first yeah. and... Uh, uh, occasionally, MCKSU also conducts uh, introductory of cast oh, uh, trips, you know, for like half a day on Saturdays. And we work together with our uh, Wira uh, Adventure, who also runs one of the geosites uh, in Batu Kiev. And we just open to the public uh, just to get their awareness yeah. and uh, their uh, knowledge about the biodiversity, the geology, paleontology of caste yeah. uh, yeah. in Batu Caves. Yeah, it's that whole that, that phrase, right? That canal makatachinta. So we just don't, <laughs> yes, <laughs> we don't definitely. know. And uh, yeah, it's my favorite phrase to use. And because I, mean, I drive past there practically every day, going coming to work yeah. or going home, and it's so beautiful. And you can see there's just so much left there that's not discovered that people don't know about. We take it for granted. It's just as we drive by, but there really needs to be concerted effort to protect it. And I guess you know the the, the research continues uh, in Batu Caves. As much as you can, in in terms of the yeah, yeah. Yes, I, I mean it's the ideal place to set up a little, uh, you know, permanent laboratory, which you know, you know school children and university students can use mm. for doing long term projects. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, it it could really be a, a sort of showcase for how to develop cast and and the sort of things that you can find there. Mm-hmm. And sustainable tourism, of course. Sustainable right? tourism, yes. yes well, so the dark that. cave at one time was managed uh, excellently, and and. Uh, if you looked on TripAdvisor, it was one of the top things to do in, in uh, Kuala, Lumpur, Kuala Lumpur was to go to Batu Caves and visit the dark, the dark caves. Mm. Okay. All right. So, okay. All right. So, we hear you loud and clear. Um, I think we've only, you know, touched the surface of, you know, what there is in Batu Caves. But, of course, you know, Dr. Ruth and uh, and Dr. Rose, you know, there's a beautiful book uh, book published by the Malaysian Cave and Cars Conservancy. It's called Batu Caves, Malaysia's Majestic Limestone Icon. I love this book. Uh, I got it from uh, Sunda Shelves uh, over in, in PJ. It's a wonderful book and it's written so well because it's uh, so easy for, like, you know, non-scientists like me to understand. It's a wonderful, wonderful book. I, I do recommend folks, uh, you know, go and search for that book it is available um, also online or uh, it's available it, online it's available online and i guess you know before i let the both of you go um i think the message is clear the message is the whole area needs to be protected yes it's yes. a very special place it is a very special yeah. place but to cave is our pilot project yeah uh, we are actually uh, running a second one mm. in bukit takun at the moment okay yeah okay. so we are following the same module mm-hmm. we hope to be uh, publishing uh, so, uh, the same type of book okay. for Atakun as well. I look forward to it. It's really, really, it's really such a good book. And um, 
wonderful for me. Beautiful pictures as well. You know, we all love yeah. the visuals. <laughs> but again, you know, it explains all the different facets of um, what is found in Batu Caves, right, based on the, the scientific expedition, yes, of course. Yes. So I do highly recommend it. But of course, you know, if folks would like to get in touch uh, with the MCKC, is that also something that they can do if they'd like to collaborate or, yeah, anything like that? Definitely. Yeah? How, yeah. What's the best way to do that? Uh, you can reach us at Malaysian Cave and Cast at gmail.com. Okay, so just drop you guys an email yes. and uh, follow you guys on social media as well, right? right? Yes. yes. Okay, all right. Dr. Ruth, Dr. Rose, thank you so much for joining me today. Any concluding or any last message you'd like to leave our listeners with? Well, we <laughs> best wishes to Batu Caves, I think, especially Taipusam coming up. So we hope it'll be there for future generations, just as we have enjoyed it scientifically. And it's such a scenic monument. It's very special for Kuala Lumpur. Mm-hmm. And we hope to continue um, sharing the knowledge about caste so that more appreciation towards this uh, sensitive and wonderful landscape. Okay, so we must, I think we must come together as a community to make sure that that message of, you know, protecting the whole area yes, comes together. That, yeah, that it's, would be excellent. It's not just the scientists, it's, it's you know, everybody, the whole, it's a whole, of community, a whole of society approach that's needed. Okay, well, thank you so much, ladies, for joining me today. I was speaking to Dr. Ruth Q, botanist with the Malaysian Cave and Cast Conservancy, or the MCKC, also the leader of the Batu Cave Scientific Expedition, and Dr. Rose Fatiha Muhammad, she's a geologist and the president of the Malaysian Cave and Cast Conservancy. We were, of course, talking about beautiful biodiverse Batu Caves. Again, uh, do get a copy of the books uh, called Batu Caves, Malaysia's Majestic Limestone Icon. You can get that at Cinder Shelves or you can get that from the MCKC folks. But if you miss any part of our conversation today, you can always search for the podcast at bfm.my slash earth. You can also find it on the BFM app. This has been Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.